Why are some people afraid of dolls? Is it their likeness to something real? Their fake smiles and glassy steel eyes? Is it their lack of animation or the way they seem to watch you no matter where you move? For some of us, dolls are just downright creepy. But some dolls may actually possess something otherworldly behind those innocent stares. Something evil. I'm Vanessa K. Eccles, and this is Fabled. She hated that her go-to when she experienced any kind of boredom was to scroll social media. She knew it wasn't healthy, don't we all? All the comparisonitis, the highlight reels of other people's perfectly curated, perfectly filtered life isn't something she should be filling her head with. She knew that. But damn it, she couldn't resist. And now that she was fixing up her office, dead set on creating the perfect atmosphere for her work, she had a great excuse to peruse Facebook Marketplace and look for new and unique, albeit unadvised, ways to spend her money. Standing in line at Kroger, endlessly swiping the algorithmic selections Facebook had to offer, she saw the strangest post. A doll popped up on screen. It read, Haunted Doll, been in my family for 150 years. It had to be old. Porcelain, maybe? Small hairline cracks stretched across its chubby, otherwise smooth cheeks, and across its rounded arms and chunky legs. Its deep blue eyes felt like they were staring into her soul through the screen. She couldn't help but stare at its pale pink painted mouth. She clicked on the listing and zoomed the photo in, swiping her fingers to the edge of her iPhone. The details of her nose, the fine lace dress she wore, the crocheted bonnet on her head. The doll would be perfect. She could see it sitting on her old bookshelf along with the other array of odd obscura she'd already collected. Is this still available? She clicked the auto response and paid for the groceries, half expecting to hear back within minutes. Of course it's still available, she thought. How many people collected old decrepit dolls, especially ones that flat out claimed to be haunted? About an hour later, just after, She'd sat down from putting away the groceries her phone dinged. It's a waiting pickup. She frowned. Feeling a little disappointed about not having the doll's creepy little face on her shelf. But she felt confident she'd find another. She typed haunted doll into the search bar on Marketplace. Shocked, she saw that there were half a dozen other haunted dolls in her area. I mean, she shouldn't be too surprised because she lived in what some people claim to be the most haunted city in America, although other cities make the same claim. She clicked on all of the listings, but none of them had that it factor, that thing that draws both curiosity and fear simultaneously, as this doll had. Her phone pinged again at 11 p.m. that night. She rolled over in bed and read the message. The pickup fell through. You can pick it up tomorrow if you'd like. Her heart leapt a little. 
Purchasing something on Marketplace when other people wanted it felt like a win. Like a confirmation that what you like really is cool. Yes, I can pick it up around lunch. Does that work? She typed back. The person, an older lady with beautiful long gray hair, barely aged skin, and a solemn smile in her profile photo responded back. Sounds good. Taking a lunch out was a welcomed thing anymore for her, as work had kept her in her office so much lately. She couldn't wait to grab the doll and place it on the perfect spot she'd already made for her. Pulling up to the driveway, the stately Victorian looked picturesque against the gray sky. It had been raining all day, but this was the weather that made houses like that pop. It was that Bronte vibe, that spooky AF vibe she'd loved so much. She rang the doorbell and stood back. The floorboard beneath her groaned a little, which brought a smile to her face. The same woman from the profile appeared, her slender frame made even smaller by the oversized, ornately carved door. Hi, I'm here for the doll. Yes, hold on a moment. The woman disappeared into the belly of the house, leaving the door open just enough for her to peek inside. The twelve-foot ceilings were adorned with wide plaster trim. The floors were set into a herringbone pattern that made her little heart swoon. The deep purple living room had a cabinet of skeleton keys on the wall, a rich green antique sofa, end tables with claws, and an old silk rug on the floor. Absolute perfection, she whispered to herself, a nod to the house's and its owner's exquisite taste. The woman reappeared, holding the doll away away from her, as if it were dirty or had a disease. She's beautiful, she said, taking her with care and looking at her closely. If you say so, the older woman replied. Can you tell me a little bit about her? she asked. The woman twirled her gray hair off her shoulder and took a breath. She's been in the family for many generations, in this very house, actually. Your listing said she was haunted. She laughed a little, but the older woman's face was stone cold. I did. She is. She laughed again. I mean, can you elaborate? <laughs> I suppose you'll find out. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have some things to tend to. Oh, of course. She paid the woman and got into the car after placing the doll in the back seat. While she pulled out of the driveway, she saw the woman putting a for sale sign in the yard. If only she were making more, she'd buy that house. But she knew it'd be way outside her price range in this part of town. When she got home, she put the doll on the shelf in her office, pleased to have her there. She worked late into the evening to make up for taking a long lunch. It was dark before she finally left her desk. While she was downstairs preparing dinner, she heard something fall upstairs. She went to investigate and found the doll on the floor of her office. Worried, she picked her up and half expected to see her nose broke off or some other chip in the porcelain from that long fall. Much to her surprise, she was perfectly fine. Not wanting it to happen again, she sat her deeper into the shelf, propping her legs in a way that offered some stability. She had dinner, a glass of wine, and watched some television before calling it a night. She snuggled into bed and quickly fell asleep. After having her coffee the next morning, she went into her office and was stunned to see the doll sitting on her desk. 
looking at her when she walked in. The computer screen notepad was pulled up. Black block letters stared back at her. My name is Edith. What's yours? When I was a child, my younger brother was so spooked by dolls. It seemed like it never failed. When we went on vacation and checked into a hotel room, we'd flip the channels and a Chucky movie would be on. It happened so often that it became a joke in our family. Chucky was, and possibly still is, my brother's absolute worst fear. Dolls didn't really spook me in the same way, but some are downright terrifying. Pediophobia is the fear of dolls. Although most people don't worry about having a Chucky-like experience when they're in the presence of dolls, some people have an intense fear of them. It can be triggered by horror movies, pop culture, or even a traumatic event involving, even loosely, a doll. Some phobias can even run in families. It may be genetic, or it could mean that fears are simply learned by watching parents and other fam family members have the same fear. Pediophobia is considered a specific phobia, where the fear is of something that could never actually harm someone. Even though the fear of dolls is irrational, it's not something an individual with a phobia can overcome. This type of phobia is usually treated with exposure therapy and or medication. Because so much of pop culture, films, television, and stories involve dolls in the horror genre, we begin to associate the fear we experience while interacting with this entertainment in real life when we come in contact with a doll. We may sense that they're watching us from across the room, or wonder if they are moving in our peripheral vision. This constant pairing of dolls with other creepy, scary stimuli may lead to experiencing fear or nervousness when confronted with a doll or an image of one, says psychologist Kate Walensky-Taylor a faculty member in the Department of Psychiatry and Biobehavioral Science at UCLA. A study done on the nature of creepiness showed that people found ambiguity when something could have more than one interpretation to be a trigger for fear. For example, when you see a doll in a horror movie like Chucky, it understandably triggers fear. However, even when you're at home and see a doll on the shelf, it may still seem unpredictable, maybe even suspicious, which makes it totally creepy. It comes down to a doll's likeness to humans, but their lack of animation. They're not quite human, which makes them eerie. Psychologist Frank McAndrew told Smithsonian Magazine that, quote, they look like people, but aren't people, so we don't know how to respond to it. Just like we don't know how to respond when we don't know whether there is a danger or not. The world in which we evolved, how we process information, there weren't things like dolls. German philosopher Ernest Jenst said in 1906, quote, Among all the physical uncertainties that can become a cause for the uncanny feeling to arise, 
There is one in particular that is able to develop a fairly regular, powerful, and very general effect. Namely, doubt as to whether the apparently living being really is animate, and conversely, doubt as to whether a lifeless object may not, in fact, be animate. Creepiness, McAndrew says, comes down to uncertainty. Quote, you're getting mixed messages. If something is frightening, you scream, you run away. If something is disgusting, you know how to act, he explains. Quote, but if something is creepy, it might be dangerous, but you're not sure it is. There's an ambivalence. If someone is acting outside of accepted social norms, standing too close or staring, say, we become suspicious of their intentions. But in the absence of real evidence of a threat, we wait, and in the meantime, call them creepy. The upshot, McAndrew says, is that being in a state of creeped out makes you hypervigilant. It really focuses your attention and helps you process any relevant information to help you decide whether there is something to be afraid of or not. I really think creepiness is where we respond in situations where we don't have enough information to respond, but we have enough to put us on our guard." End quote. It wasn't until the 18th and 19th centuries that dolls were real enough to make them seem creepy. Only when they began to look too much like a human that we began to cast them into this suspicious category. The more natural they look, the more uneasy it makes many of us feel. And to age that doll a hundred years, and it takes on a whole new level of creep, bordering fear. So let's talk about a few famous haunted dolls, shall we? Most of us are familiar with Annabelle, the doll that inspired the horror movie from the Conjuring universe. According to Ed and Lorraine Warren, the Raggedy Ann doll was given to a nursing student named Donna by her mother in 1971. Donna claimed that the doll behaved strangely. The doll would be found in places that it wasn't left and would somehow appear right outside of the door after being placed into a different room. A close friend, Lou, grew suspicious of the doll and eventually believed it to be possessed by something evil. Donna and her roommate, Angie, took a little while to think something was off about the doll, though. Something to note is that the doll was purchased secondhand by Donna's mother at a hobby store. Soon the girls began to uncover notes that were left around their apartment. The notes were always written on a parchment-like paper, something that they had never used before and didn't have in the apartment. The notes would often read something like, Help Lou, and help us. One day, Donna came home from work to find that the doll, Annabelle, had blood on her hands. It seemed like the blood was originating from the doll itself. Desperate for answers, the girls called in a medium. The first medium told them that the land on which their apartment was built had a spirit of a young girl, around seven years old, who'd been found dead there many years before. The little girl had taken up residence in the doll. After hearing this, the girls decided to keep the doll and treat it well since they felt sorry for this tragic end that the young girl had experienced. The girls uh, had a friend who put them in contact with the Warrens. 
You see, Annabelle behaved worse around Lou. Maybe he reminded her of something horrible in her life. Perhaps she didn't like men, or maybe she sensed that Lou could see her for what she truly was, evil. Who can say, but one day, Angie and Lou were hanging out in the apartment when Donna wasn't home. They heard movement in Donna's room, and Lou went to investigate. Annabelle usually sat on Donna's bed, but this time, she had moved to the chair. He moved toward the doll, and a horrible feeling rushed through him. He felt a burning pain on his chest and realized he had several claw marks scratched into his skin. The marks healed mysteriously fast, and within a few days, they were gone entirely. That's when the Warrens were called, along with a priest. It was believed that the doll's goal was to possess Donna's soul. They believed that Annabelle was a demonic entity that had attached itself to the doll. The Warrens made a distinction that demons do not possess items or things. They attach themselves to them. The priest performed an exorcism on the apartment, and the Warrens took Annabelle with them. The Warrens were worried that Annabelle's demonic entity would wreak havoc on them, possibly even harm them. So on their way home, they took back roads, fearful that she would cause an accident. The Warrens suffered from car trouble the whole way home. Their power steering failed, their brakes failed, and the engine in the car kept stalling. Trying to remedy this, Ed Warren sprinkled holy water on Annabelle. That helped for a short time, enough to get them home. At first, Ed just put the doll on his desk, but soon she began acting out. She was levitating on several occasions. She started moving around the house. The Warrens called a priest after this, but their concerns weren't taken seriously. It was a doll, after all. But the priest was in a car accident on the way home. He was badly hurt, but did survive. The Warrens placed Annabelle inside a locked case with a note that reads, Do not touch. Annabelle isn't the only famous haunted doll. The story of Robert the Doll takes us back to the early 1900s and a boy named Eugene Robert Otto. Eugene was given a one-of-a-kind handmade doll by a servant who worked for his parents in their home. Eugene, commonly called Jean, named the doll Robert after himself and became attached to his new toy. Jean's home, which is called the Artist's House, was built between 1890 and 1898. At first, Robert seemed like an ordinary doll, but it wasn't long before some strange events started happening. When Jean was 10 years old, he woke in the middle of the night to see Robert staring at him at the end of his bed. Jean cried for help when moments later, the furniture was overturned in his room. He begged his mom to rescue him. When she finally got into the room, she saw Jean curled up on his bed, trembling, and Robert, the doll, sat at the foot of it. And the room was in complete shambles. Jean told his mother that Robert had done it. Jean's parents would often hear the boy talking through the door and getting a response back in a totally different voice. His parents even reported hearing him speak and witnessing Robert's expression change. People claimed to see have seen Robert laughing and running up the stairs. 
People even saw him peeking out the windows. Despite all of this strangeness, Gene kept Robert throughout his entire life. And after Gene's parents died, he moved back into their home with his wife. Eventually, Robert was put into a room of his own upstairs that had a window that faced the street. Even though Gene was comfortable with Robert's presence, his wife didn't seem to be. She convinced Gene to lock the door in the attic and just to give her peace of mind, just put Robert in the attic and locked him away. But this didn't make the doll very happy. Loud pacing, banging, and evil cackling could be heard from the attic. Neighborhood children saw him through the windows, mocking them as they walked to school. But there was no way he could have been in the window because he was supposedly locked in the attic. Could there be? When Gene went to investigate, he saw that Robert was, in fact, sitting in the rocking chair by the window in the upstairs bedroom. Gene then locked Robert back up in the attic, and this repeated many times. One haunted doll you may not be as familiar with is Ruby. She was passed down from generation to generation within a family, going from attics to basements for many years. Her appearance was too creepy for her owners to put her on display, but that didn't keep her from moving around wherever she pleased. Supposedly, when people touch Ruby, they feel an intense sadness. More sensitive observers even experience nausea. She originally belonged to the family's ancestor, a young girl who died with the doll in her arms. The family believes it's the spirit of the girl that haunts the doll. The family eventually donated Ruby to a museum where hundreds of visitors have held her and claimed to feel her sadness. I've saved the most bizarre doll for last. Letta, which is short for Letta Me Out, is a haunted doll in Australia. The doll was found underneath a reportedly haunted house 45 years ago. When Letta is around, things move. Witnesses have reported that they've witnessed him moving in front of them. Quote, I reckon he walks in the nighttime. We came in here as a new house and I've never heard so many strange things in my life, Mr. Walton, the man who discovered him, said. What makes Letta so strange is that the doll is believed to be around 200 years old and has human hair. People who've come in contact with Letta have experienced nightmares and awful feelings. Dogs have attacked the doll and relentlessly bark at it. Letta doesn't look like your average doll. He's wooden and has a grotesque appearance, with a large hook nose and cinched brows and an eerie grin. He's certainly not a doll I would like to come in contact with. Whether you believe that dolls can be haunted or not, I think there are a few of us who haven't at least side glanced a doll at some point in our lives. When something sits across from you with a painted smile and eyes that bore into you, it's hard not to find them at least a little creepy. Don't you think? My grandmother collected dolls for many, many years. She has too many to count. Not long ago, I went into one of her storage rooms and saw a heaping pile of them. And I've got to say, if you weren't afraid of dolls before, you would be then. Dozens of sets of eyes stared back at me. 
I'll share those photos on the journal, Instagram, and on the YouTube channel. After studying this, along with that experience, I don't know if I'll ever look at a doll the same way again. Fabled is produced by me, Vanessa K. Eccles, with music by Kevin McLeod. This podcast is made possible by the kind donations of listeners like you. If you'd like to leave a tip, PayPal and Venmo links are in the show notes. In addition to writing and producing the podcast, I'm also the author of several books, all of which are available in the Fabled shop, including other swag. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't already, please consider leaving a star rating or review. That really helps other people find the show. I'm so grateful for you and hope you'll stay in touch between episodes on social media. You can find me at Fable Collective. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>